Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, this show, Open for Business, is about business, the best of business, the best of local business, and um, I'm always looking for those businesses that make an impact on the community or on society. But we also, from time to time, like to take a broader view, perhaps what's going on you know, in the wider world outside of Northampton and Northamptonshire. And it's very interesting to talk to people who work in trade bodies or, or, or industry bodies, because obviously they have a broader perspective of what's going on. And I think, you know, that we can all learn from whether we're in the sector or not. So I'm delighted to welcome today um, the Executive Director for International Strategic Marketing and Engagement of the Institute of Engineering and Technology. And that does sound like quite a mouthful, but here to explain what that all means is Tony Allen. Tony, welcome to the show. Um, Executive Director, International Strategic Marketing and Engagement. Can you just give us a quick sort of summary of what that actually means and what you actually do? Yeah, of course, Adrian. So um, perhaps I'd just start off a little bit by talking about the, the IET, which is, uh, as you said, the Institution of Engineering and Technology. We're 153,000 mem members here across 153 countries. Um, we are a, a learned society, which means we look after academic research and intelligence. Um, and my role is very much to support our mission, which is to engineer a better world. And that's through supporting members uh, in their volunteering capacity, in gaining their membership and their, their chartership or fellowship, but also to make sure that we are establishing ourselves as a source of credible thought leadership across the globe and supporting engineering and technology in both the profession but also what we can do to deliver on societal challenges such as sustainability and climate change and digital futures. Uh, so I work across our global offices um, and really it's about getting the messages out there to government practitioners, industry, and society. Wow, that's a big um, remit. And I love that strapline, Engineer a Better World. So this is a British-based uh, organization. It's a membership organization. Uh, how long has it been going for? Well, I'm proud to say this is our 150th year. So we celebrated in uh, May 21, 150 years of uh, being an institution. And we have just celebrated in August 100 years of being a, a royal chartered institution. So quite some time. Wow. Is it the body for basically engineers and uh, technologists or are you one of several? Yeah, we're one of uh, a few what we call uh, professional education institutions, PEI. So we collaborate with, uh, for example, the Institution of Civil Engineers, 
and the Institution of Mechanical Engineers and also the Royal Academy of Engineers and Engineering UK. So all of us work together in, in different facets of engineering. But I like to think that the uh, Institution of Engineering and Technology is the home of engineering and technology for uh, those members that really want to uh, look at the world and, and deliver something back, whether that be through their day jobs or, or through the voluntary capacity. So you think you have a stronger um, ESG or CSR credentials then compared to others, or are they all on the same sort of journey then in terms of the relevance to society and community? Yeah, I think we're all on the journey. Um, if you think about the, the relevance of engineers to society, we've seen a big uptick uh, over COVID. Uh, in two years ago, we were, as, as engineers, as a profession, we were number five on the, the kind of world's trusted profession list. And, and throughout COVID, that's moved to number two behind uh, doctors and lawyers. Right. Um, and, and so we've really managed to move society's understanding of what engineers contribute to, not least throughout COVID in, in providing things like ventilators and, and, and you know, working together with automotive experts to, to switch manufacturing principles around. But um, there's still a lot more to do, a lot more to do. And it's not just our institution that can do it on our, on our own. No, indeed. But uh, you do like that number 150, obviously, 153,000 members in 153 countries going for 150 years. So based in, uh, I think, in London, is it? And Stevenage, but offices, which we, where do you have offices around the world? Yeah, so we're a global institution. We have offices in, in China, India, Hong Kong and the Americas. And uh, we have communities uh, scattered all, all over. Those, those countries, we have uh, communities in sort of 72 different countries. And uh, that's where people get together and um, really progress engineering and technology's value. Uh, and also deliver back, you know, some of the thought leadership that they've gathered throughout their careers on behalf of the IET. Mm. Your particular function then, I mean, I guess what comes to mind is PR, it's um, public affairs, it's, you know, you're responsible, I assume, for communicating the message, the purpose, the mission, the goals, objectives, et cetera, of the organization to all your stakeholder groups by the sound of it. Correct. Yes, that, that is my remit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about making sure that we are present in those international countries and we're supporting those members and, uh, you know, academia and our, our corporate partners globally but uh, as you mentioned you know public affairs it's about really working with government so that we can uh, lead them into uh, you know discovering the areas that really need their focus so if you think about um, STEM in the curriculum for example uh, I sit on a oral parliamentary uh, group that looks at inequity and in inequality in, in STEM curriculum and, and that has been a subject that's been around for the last 20, 30 years. So, uh, you know, we have to keep on top of those things to make sure they're, they're vocal and that actually we're able to try and influence the way forward. Well, that sounds like a wonderful crossover. So STEM by STEM, you mean science, technology, engineering, and- Maths. 
and yeah. mathematics, of course, which, you know, many people um, remember with horror, I guess, mathematics at school. Now, you know, is it a question then you're talking about EDI, equality, diversity, and inclusion? Is it a question that the engineering profession has traditionally been, you know, white males? Yeah, I think uh, for some time now, there's been a known issue in, in engineering and technology, and specifically when we talk about gender. Um, so if we go back 10 years, we were doing campaigns at the IET that were talking about 9% is not enough because that was only 9% of women in engineering. Now, I'm really pleased to say the figures this year that were produced has given us 14% of uh, women in engineering, but 14% really isn't enough. Uh, so we can't sit on our laurels and, and, and just, you know, extol the virtues of engineering without addressing the, the gender imbalance. But there's also, you know, other imbalances when we talk about um, hidden disabilities or, or even uh, visible disabilities, when we talk about neurodivergence or we talk about uh, LGBTQ+, all of those subjects need to be um, you know referenced and and bought out in engineering and technology and, and and we have a very big influence on doing that for our external audiences but also for our internal audiences hmm. no absolutely fascinating how did you get to be where you are um tony what you know what's your sort of career path in in, in summary yeah so we're going going back some years now but i've spent uh, well, uh, uh, 22 years really in, in what I would classify as the commercial marketing and sales profession. But starting off, I was actually a, a student at the University of Northampton as part of the, the BA Honours Business Studies programme and, and did my elective in marketing. And uh, essentially, uh, I suppose I'm one of those rare people that stuck to it through and through, <laughs> so <laughs> left university went in when it was the, the kind of boom of the uh, internet uh, fascination and, and, and went into content and PR uh, and then kind of moved on to into much more marketing communications and strategic marketing uh, agency and client side. Um, and I've done that for some years, but I think in the last certainly 10 years, I found myself very drawn to purpose-driven organizations such as the IET and previously uh, British Standards Institute um, because it's about really helping with whether it's continual improvement of businesses or continual improvement of you know industries and professions it's really about giving something back and, and, and really driving the purpose of those organizations which I love. Mm. I'm just looking at the website now. Is it only uh, individual members, by the way, or are there corporate members as well or sponsors? Oh, absolutely. We have uh, academic partners. We have corporate partners and enterprise partners, which is really you know, smaller SMEs. And um, But of course, we have a great deal of uh, individual members and, and, and people that want to be part of the membership body, uh, either to progress their own uh, professional registration. Some of them might be wanting to get their, their uh, chartership of engineering. Some of them want to, to get their fellowships. Um, and some of them just want to really connect and be part of 
groups where they can you know learn new practices and engineering learn about different industries um, or indeed go into schools and volunteer to teach kids mm. about the world of engineering and technology <laughs> what um, you know for any uh, yeah, students of mine or younger people listening and, and interested and fascinated by this sort of career then what what are the um i don't know what are the the key essence of of your job or the key success factors and what you know what messages would you give to somebody perhaps just starting out on their career but wants to work in in effectively communication stakeholder management stakeholder communication yeah so i think for for me it's about not being afraid to put yourself out there and and, and learn from different uh you know, whether it's networks or membership bodies. So, you know, in my profession, we've got obviously the, the Chartered Institute of PR, we've got uh, Chartered Institute of, of Marketing and lots and lots of other, other bodies. And uh, I always say to, you know, those people that are either at uni or they're starting their career, it's really important to, you know, get yourself out there and do your own PR. So get yourself on LinkedIn. Uh, make sure you're joining those networks, hearing what the trends are, hearing what is, uh, you know, key challenges of, of marketing uh, as a profession. But also don't be afraid to, if you see somebody on there that you uh, aspire to have their job or be like, connect with them. Maybe even ask them to be your mentor or to help you to uh, navigate where you might go in your career because, um you know, I know I have lots of people that reach out and I probably mentor about two to three people a year uh, with the goal to, you know, advocate for them and support them on their journey. And, and lots of people want to do that for, you know, people coming in, in in early careers into marketing and comms. Well, that's very sound advice. And I'm sure if we're not careful, especially if I encourage my students to listen to this, or, you know, and I, it's not unknown for me to instead of give them a lecture for an hour, put my radio show on. And um, if they're listening, I'm sure you're going to be inundated with requests. So that's a very, um, you know, valuable and important um, sort of service you put there. And I think you're right about networking indeed. Um, I'm fascinated by Institute of Engineering and Technology, 150 years old. Engineering's been around a long time. Technology, though, is changing so fast. So, you know, how does an organization like yours embrace all the new disruptive things, the robotics, the, um, the, 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 uh, the big data, the, you know, artificial intelligence? Is that part of your landscape or, you know, is that a different body that's grown up to sort of um, manage those, those new futuristic um, sectors? Yes, that's a really interesting question and quite pertinent to us at the moment. In November last year, we launched our 2030 strategy and that was to really galvanize our role in uh, some of the, the world's societal challenges um, very much aligned to the UN sustainable development goals as many many businesses are doing but we looked upon where are the key areas that we feel are challenged in society um, and of course they're not exclusive but the ones we really feel we have a voice in are, as many others do, sustainability and climate change and, and, and engineer and technologies part in that. Digital futures, which really encompasses everything you just mentioned. You know, it's, it's talking about IoT, it's talking about 6G, uh, AI and how that plays a part. And uh, then moving into certain other areas such as uh, healthy lives and, and 
people-centric infrastructure and and you know manufacturing and where it will be in, in productive manufacturing 4.0 um, and they're all things that engineering technology influence today um, and it, even more so when you're looking at how fast the landscape changes and these new things that come up industries need somewhere they can go to to understand those new uh, fast-paced technologies and understand what's credible and potentially what's a fad. Uh, so that's how we work with many, many different you know, types of industry, many different panels and experts to try and extol the virtues or, or indeed to navigate, help them navigate uh, these technologies that, that may or may not be around for some time. Mm. Well, looking on the website, I've just browsed the IET journals, and there's an awful lot of them. Um, many of the words I don't really understand, but biometrics, blockchain, uh, let's have a look, uh, cyber systems and robotics, um, systems biology, smart cities. Gosh, you do cover a wide range. So I understand now why you are needing probably working with academic partners. Um, I hope that um, you can have a look and check whether the University of Northampton is, you know, your alma mater is, uh, is part of that. We certainly like to be. And, and just um, listeners will have heard from Richard Beards for Digital Northampton has been on in the past. Uh, do you know of that uh, initiative in the county, um, Tony, Digital Northampton? I'm not sure I do, Adrian. I'd, I'd certainly be interested to know more. Well, I will hook you up separately. I'm sure Richard will be very pleased. He's one of my most regular guests because he's always putting on some really interesting events, which are both, you know, for the local, the, the county. But actually, he did one based on a, a startup uh, that was uh, taking the world by storm in in India. So, you know, the uh, not not so parochial. I think you'd you'd enjoy it given your roots. So you live in Northampton. You've been to the university. I think it. Um, I will definitely uh, connect you. Okay, so in terms of you know sharing any key messages with the uh, the listeners, um, I think we've got a good idea of the importance. It's so valuable engineering. It's one of those words that for me um, makes me kind of tremble at the knees a little bit because you know I though I like maths, I I'm, I wasn't I don't have a, an engineering mind in, in that sense, right? And um, you know this is all clever stuff. I grew up in a family that was more services in banking. You know factories. I hadn't been into a factory probably until you know, my twenties. So um, I, I have learned to appreciate, gosh, it's, 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 it's value here, but what are the key messages that you perhaps are trying to communicate to third parties? You've mentioned STEM and I think the country needs more scientists and technologists and engineering and, and mathematicians. Um, you've rightly mentioned the EDI, the, um, the diversity agenda. But, you know, thinking three to five years ahead, Tony, what, what would you like to see and what do you think, you know, the, the average guy in the street can do to help? Yeah, I think that's such an important question. So we run uh, every year a, a skills survey and last year for the first time a, a global green skills survey. And every year we uh, get those skills surveys back and, and realise that there is just uh, not enough skilled people to come through to really help uh you know engineering technology in, in industry but also to solve those those cha world challenges i talked about but i think the important thing is that when we talk about stem and you talk about young people uh we've done studies to show that even from the age of five or six years kids make their choice uh, about whether they want a stem career um, and they do that by 
being really interested in Lego, for example, or getting involved in, in, in science later on, or, or having that, you know, view of, of I want to be a triple badge science um, person in my GCSEs. Um, and, and I think that's great, but it's not just about how well you do at school. I know many, many engineers that have challenged themselves, you know, later in life to go to university and, and, and take on an engineering career or gone through apprenticeship and technicians. And um, I think we've got to make sure that the message that gets out there is that there are many, many engineers that influence the world. We're currently doing a campaign uh, as part of our 150th year, where we talk about uh, being a difference maker. I know the University of Northampton talks about being a, a change maker. Yep. Um, and it's very much the same. But the premise of that is to really get outside of the STEM bubble and to talk to people in, for example, gaming professions or fashion or music to show the level of, of, of engineering prowess that comes from those industries and, and how people can classify themselves as engineers in all of those. Uh, we've just done a fantastic um, campaign. Actually, it was over the bank holiday weekend where we linked up with David Beckham's uh, eSports Academy Guild. Uh, he sponsors and, and uh, supports professional gamers and we linked up with the computer game Fortnite, which has 395 million players across the globe. And we run a uh, first ever carbon offset live tournament this weekend. Mm. We had 160,000 people watching, 10 professional gamers. And essentially, as part of Fortnite, they have to, the gamers have to chop down trees so their characters can sustain life. So what we looked at is saying for every virtual tree the game has chopped down and that, that weekend competition, we will plant a new tree to offset the data streaming and the dirty data of the, the game being played. And that has opened the mind up for so many young people that haven't thought of engineering as a career, but love to game. And actually, you know, it's getting us outside of the traditional engineering and STEM curriculum conversations to say you too can be an engineer. You know, you were part of building games like this. Um, and, and that's just been brilliant to watch. We've got another round coming up in, in fashion, the London Fashion Week and, and looking at sustainable technology in fashion. So, um, you know, things like that really broaden the mindset of you know 16 to 24 year olds for example yeah no absolutely fascinating and i can think of another couple of contacts i just need to make sure that you're talking to um if people want to find out more about this about the iet the institution or about um you know the work that you're doing tony where would you direct them in terms of a website or a contact details yeah so uh, everything is on our, our our main website which is uh www.theiet.org. Uh, just put the IET into uh, any uh, search engine of your choice and it will pop up. Um, but, you know, it's really uh, different facets across the, 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 the website. If you're interested in, for example, difference makers, we've got a whole uh, site there that talks about how you can get involved and be a difference maker. 
Um, the same as if you're interested in professional registration or becoming a member, everything's all, all on there. Um, so yeah, I'd urge people to go have a look. Indeed. So that's um, IET.org, yes? Or the the IET.org. The IET.org. So T-H-E-I-E-T.org. It's a very full and comprehensive um, website. And uh, if you'd like to learn more or, you know, get in touch with Tony, write to me, adrian.price, P-R-Y-C-E at northampton.ac.uk. Adrian.price with a Y at northampton.ac.uk. And um, I'm sure that Tony would like to uh, hear any follow-up from this interview. Tony, uh, fascinating, lots more questions, but I think what we'll do that we've covered a lot of ground today, I'd like to leave it there. And um, if you're willing, have you back on perhaps in a few months time. And meanwhile, I will definitely try and connect you with a couple of people in this county. I know you're you know, London-based and Stevenage-based in many ways, but the fact that you live in this county and are a graduate of the university, um, I'm sure that, well, I know people would love to talk to you, but hopefully you can get some benefit as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing with us those insights into the Institution of Engineering and Technology, 153,000 members in 153 countries, been going 150 years. Tony, keep safe, keep well, and keep up the good work. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.